As Christmas got closer, I was trying to figure out what kind of story I could put together. Let's be honest, there's not a lot going on news-wise during this time of year. So whatever that story was going to be, it was going to have a Christmas theme. A couple of weeks ago, I saw a high school choir performing on local TV here in New Orleans, and I thought to myself, it'd be pretty cool to talk to those kids about their favorite Christmas songs, and of course, have them sing some of those songs. That's what I was planning, until I met Carr's Voices of Pride. That's the name of the choir. They're students at Edna Carr High School on the West Bank of New Orleans. The choir's vocal director is seen as Edwards, or Mr. E, as a lot of the kids call him. I visited the choir during their final rehearsal before the high school's big Christmas concert. In between practicing songs, finding out their positions on stage, and what they're going to be wearing, I managed to sit down with Mr. Edwards and some of the choir members. Initially, our conversation was about music, but it branched out, and it made me think about what a time this must be for these kids to be going through high school. And in watching how Mr. Edwards directs his choir, I realized he's preparing them not just for the Christmas concert, but for something bigger. His lessons start with basics. It's the evening before the Christmas concert at Edna Carr High School, and some members of the school's choir are warming up. This is their final rehearsal. Tomorrow, it's showtime. They run through some of the songs they'll be performing. All right, let's try it again. Um, take it from, take it from, um, Jesus the reason for the season. Everybody come in, we clapping. Um, one, two, one, two, clap your hands, Jesus. Jesus is the reason. Choir director Mr. Edwards runs a tight ship. His ears are super sensitive. You can't really say the same for his critiques.
five. If I tell you you're going, you about to go sit down, that's because you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing. Or you wasn't paying attention. One or the other. Mr. Edwards bluntly lays it out to the choir. So you only have one shot. We've been practicing since October. You only have one shot tomorrow to get it right. So I advise you to do what you're supposed to do. Carr's Voices of Pride, as the choir is collectively known, is made up of almost three dozen students, ranging from freshmen to seniors. Imani Joseph is one of those seniors. She's the leader of the soprano section. Every time when I sing, I feel like a whole different person when I'm on stage. Tomorrow night, she'll be on stage. I feel like it's about time. It's about time that we show our, our hard work and our dedication, our passion. I'm excited. I'm really excited, actually. That's Jeremiah Martin. He, too, is a senior. He leads the choir's bass and tenor section. Over the last two years, the COVID-19 pandemic forced the school to cancel its Christmas concert, among many other things. Jeremiah has been waiting for this concert ever since. It's like the anxiety, well, I'm not saying anxiety, but the excitement built up from there, and I was like really ready to do it. How ready the choir is, well, that's really up to Mr. Edwards. Back at rehearsal, he puts the choir through a drill of sorts. from the first time we sang Noel. One, two, ready, sing. So this goes on for a while. Mr. Edwards eventually leaves the classroom and the choir is supposed to hold that note. At one point, some announcements come over the loudspeaker. I asked Mr. Edwards about this. 
There was also one part in, in the practice that you made them hold a note for a really long time. You didn't walk out the door. What was that about? <laughs> so I actually, it's something that I teach them um, it's called staggered breathing. Um, so what it requires is that, you know, they maintain a level of discipline. They stay on one note for, you know, a really long time, maybe two minutes, maybe a minute, maybe three minutes, maybe five minutes. It depends. It's at the um, director's discretion. What it allows them to do is it helps them for his breathing. They have to rely on each other because they can't drop the note. So we practice that over and over and over again to a rent they really they, they really have it and it's just something the more they practice the better you get so a lot of people in the audience they they'll be like man they've been holding that note for five minutes Mr. that was going them children gonna fall out they can't hold their breath that long i just tell them you know it's just a technique that we teach if they do it effectively then it'll actually sound like they have been holding their breath for so long but they actually Working together, listening to each other, and everyone have their specific job or what they are supposed to do. Alright, so remember on that one, we're going to end it. In case you're wondering, the choir kept that note going for 4 minutes and 23 seconds, by my count at least. On concert night, they're going to sing a mix of traditional gospel and soul Christmas songs. It is my favorite season. I absolutely love Christmas. It's like around this time, everything just seems so, so much better. It's just something in the air. Like Christmas time, just it's always been something nostalgic for me. Maybe it was the way I was raised or the people I've been around, but I really love Christmas. Christmas is just my favorite time of the year because of the music. The music, it just hits you. It hits you different. When you, once you listen to a Christmas song, is it. That's how the, so? Like, how, how does it hit you? Just listening to a Christmas song, like a specific Christmas song, is gonna, it's gonna like, makes, it makes you feel something. It makes you feel like, like you would love Christmas more than, more than you know. One song on their list will be This Christmas, originally by Donny Hathaway. Jeremiah will be leading things off for the choir.
songs that we perform is one of my favorites, and it's this Christmas, the finale of the Christmas concert that my friend Jeremiah is singing. That's one of my favorites. The Christmas concert will be special for Imani Joseph because it'll be her last. If all goes according to plan, she'll be heading to a four-year college after her senior year. I know by the time graduation comes around, I know that I'm going to be crying, like bawling, because I'm just, like, the choir is just my family. It's, it's always been my family since freshman year. Music has always been a part of her life. This is how she remembers the first time she sang. I have a story. So my mom and my cousin Shannon, we was in the car one day. This when I was a little baby, like a baby baby. And my mom was driving down the street and she had um was driving and there was this song by Mays and Frankie Beverly. And when I say my mom told me this specifically, she said that in the back seat I was literally singing, like singing singing. And I, I couldn't even talk. Like, I couldn't speak a whole sentence. And she was like, Mani. Both my mom and my cousin Shannon had said, my girls could sing. My girl could sing, sing. And like, people, people in my family couldn't understand when I talked, but when I sing, it's a whole different story. Okay. You make me happy, this you convey, you stood right beside me, yeah, and I won't forget, and I really love you, you to know, I got a picture I'm right before I let go. Jeremiah Martin's first inspirational moment with music doesn't necessarily go back to his baby days, but he was young. And to be fair, he's a teenager, so he's still young. I'm still young, but when I was a child, it was Lloyd on the radio, the song um, Lay Your Head. That, that was the um, defining moment when I realized I, I like music. Uh, let's see if I can um, place the lyrics right. Lay your head on my pillow. Lay your head on my pillow. Like Imani, this will be Jeremiah's last Christmas concert with a choir. He's set to graduate in a few months. It's kind of scary to know that this is the last chapter I have here because I built so many bonds, so many friends, and it's like, wow, this is the end. I went through that. It's a nervous time. Mm-hmm. You don't know really, you kind of know what you want to do, but you don't know what's going to happen. I mm-hmm. think that that's natural to have some anxiety about that. Do you know what you want to do beyond this? Um, I actually want to major in civil engineering. Yeah, I'm not only a voice, but I am a lot of brains. He may have a lot of brains, but knowing his time with the choir is getting shorter, this period in his life is less about the head and more about the heart. In my heart. It's going to be there, like, forever, because, honestly, I believe choir made my high school years. If it wasn't for choir, my high school years would have been completely different. Even though COVID happened and we had all those breaks and stuff, it's just choir was something that I always looked forward to, even when I was at home for all that time. Choir is something that kept me going. So they had to go through Katrina as a baby 
And then between Katrina, between COVID, all the mass shootings, all the, you know, the crime in the city, um, the violence, you know, they're going through a lot. Mr. Edwards put a lot into perspective with those words. It didn't hit me until he mentioned Hurricane Katrina. But in doing the math, the storm was in 2005. The ages of most of his students range from 14 to 18. And that means most of them grew up during the post-Katrina rebuilding years in New Orleans. Those were tough years, to say the least. Mr. Edwards was a teenager himself when the storm made landfall. I was blessed to not go through as much as a lot of people who lost their families and lost everything. Um, so thank God I didn't lose everything. I, I lost a lot. But I will say, you know, God kept me, you know, me and my family. And thank God, you know, I didn't lose anyone. The church has been at the center of Mr. Edwards' life for a long time. It was where you could say he found his voice. Man, you're taking me back. I want to say probably around five or six, I started singing. I was really young. Um, after I started singing for a while, I don't remember. I think my first solo may probably would have been at maybe six or seven, somewhere around now. I started it with the U Choir. Before the U Choir, we had a Sunbeam Choir at the church. And that was with all the little children used to come up and sing, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Gonna Let It Shine. So after the Sunbeam Choir, you got in the U Choir. So when I was in the U Choir, I had a solo. The director was like, man, we're going to get you a solo. And I said some of the same thing my kids said. I don't know if I'm ready for a solo. But he was like, I hear the, you know, the richness in your voice, the tone. He's like, you're going to be ready. So I went home. I practiced, practiced, practiced. And that first Sunday I sung a solo. I remember it was a communion Sunday at my church. And the crowd went crazy, and I was like, all right. So I was like, all right, I may be able to do this, you know. And sing he did. In the years that followed, he learned to play drums, bass, guitar, and then finally the piano. Eventually, he folded his passion for performance into a profession. But his time as a teacher has come with some crushing losses. I've been teaching for 10 years, and I've lost so many students due to violence. That's why my passion is what it is to teach because I'm tired of losing our kids to violence, like senseless violence. Mr. Edwards says music saved him from the streets, and he wants to put his students on a similar path. It's part of the reason why he founded NOLA Keys, a nonprofit seeking to get more kids in the community to participate in music. I talk to them about that all the time, and I tell them music saved me. Music saved my life. If I wasn't into music, I probably wouldn't be here. I probably would not be here at all. Growing up in the uptown area of New Orleans, it was really hard, you know. And the music kept me from getting in trouble. It kept me from going to different places where I shouldn't have went. It kept me from hanging with different people I shouldn't have hung with. So it kept me in a good space. It's really hard for our kids because they do go through a lot of different things. Um, just being, you know, African-American, different things like that. They do go through a lot of struggles. And I tell them, don't allow the struggle to get the best of you. You know, you can actually beat the statistics. You can, just because somebody said you can't do, 
you don't stop there. Like continue to strive for greatness. Continue to strive to be better. You know, I had some people when I was young was like, you're not gonna live to see past the age of 18. Like, you know, just negative things. So I tell them all the time, don't respond to the negativity. You know, be positive and know that whatever you are doing that's positive, the positive is gonna outweigh the negative. Like, if you know some of your friends are doing things that they not supposed to do, learn how to say no. Say no, walk away. You know, and go home or call your parents or go call your brother, sister, somebody to help you because life is short. And one wrong mistake can ruin the rest of your life. So I try to teach them to think before they act. In class and in rehearsal, Edwards demands discipline. When it came time for the choir to line up and go to the stage for an on-site run-through, he laid out his expectations for tomorrow night as they headed to the auditorium. Swiftly, we're moving swiftly. Y'all just asked each other if all we talking. I came out here some y'all are still talking. Discipline, 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 discipline. I can't stress it enough. Integrity, whether I'm in front of you, whether I'm not in front of you, you're still showing great integrity. Doors open at six. All right, we're gonna be in our places. We're gonna come in the um, choir room. After we leave the choir room, we're gonna line up just like you are lined up right now. All right, absolutely no talking. We getting our minds together, making sure we're ready for the concert. So I need you to meditate, I need you to pray, whatever it is you need to do to get yourself together. I need you to do that. Everybody can hear me backed up? Mr. Edwards goes to check the status of the group on stage before them. The choir has to hang back. They're lined up single file. Even though he said no talking, there was some chatter. They are teenagers after all. All right, so as soon as they finish, as soon as they finish their part, we're gonna go. So we have like maybe three or four minutes, all right? Because we're gonna have different shows and different acts. So they have to give you respect, you have to give them what? Respect. respect. So while they on stage, we're gonna give them the respect that they deserve, all right? In Mr. E's world, it's not just about pitch, projection, and harmony, but also respect, integrity, and discipline. I stress that all the time. Like, it's bigger than coming to 1350, which is my room number. It's bigger than music. I said music, helps you you know in a lot of ways in life because in life you have to be disciplined and i tell them this all the time young undisciplined girls and undisciplined boys grow to be undisciplined men and undisciplined women and undisciplined men and women don't wind up in good places our motto at car at undercar high school is to prepare our kids for life after cars, so whether they go to college, whether they go, you know, to the military or whatever it is, like this is what you need to have to be successful. Here's Jeremiah Martin. Mr. Edwards isn't just teaching us for choir. He's preparing us for life in the world. A choir is made up of different people, and they all have to come together. 
Imani Joseph says Mr. Edwards makes that possible for them. He keeps us together. He's like the glue for the choir. If, there, if Mr. E didn't run over it, there wouldn't be no choir. As rehearsal starts to wrap up, Mr. Edwards gives a final rundown. After the first set of three songs, the curtains is going to open back. All right, please, as soon as the curtains open, I need you smiling. If you're mad with whoever, guess what? Tomorrow, let it go. God bless him. Keep it moving. All right, I need you smiling. The curtain's going to open. We smiling. We showing great posture. We're going to sing the next three songs. All right, after we sing the next three songs, the curtains are going to close back. All right, once the curtains close back, we're going to then walk off the stage. All right, after the second set, we're going to walk off the stage. We're going to go back into the choir room. All right, once we go back into the choir room, we're going to have a couple more pieces going on after that. Then the finale piece, we're going to go in front of the stage. The entire stage is going to be full of the band. And with that, rehearsal was done. It's the night of the concert. Families, friends, and classmates are filing in. People are checking their phones, waiting on the show to start. In the choir room, Mr. Edwards is making sure everyone is dressed properly. Black pants, white button-down, purple cardigan sweater, and the guys have to have a tie. Some of them need help with that. Who else tied the tie? The tie about five, what, five, six people tied? I know we definitely gonna have to have a, um, a tie, how to tie a tie class. Because most of my guys don't know how to tie a tie. Um, in corporate America, you're going to have to, you know, learn how to tie a tie. Okay. Wardrobe, check. It's almost time to head to the stage. Everybody take a nice deep breath. Inhale. Relax. Exhale. Some of y'all, this will be your first time performing, which I understand. You do everything that I taught you to do, you will do a phenomenal job. Relax. Smile. Sing with joy. This is the time of the season of giving. So we're giving back, we're giving, and you know, we're sending the people a message through song that this is a, the most wonderful time of the what? Year. Yeah. It's the most wonderful time of the year. In the auditorium, a few performances take place before the choir. There's a dance routine. Some members of the band play instrumental Christmas songs. And then it's the choir's turn. And the crowd lets them know they're ready. Their first set of songs cover the classics, and they close it with the first Noel.
This time, Mr. Edwards doesn't leave the classroom, he leaves the stage, and walks onto the floor where the audience is, and briefly takes a seat in the front row. He has a knack for showmanship for sure. With his choir still holding that note, he heads back to the stage and the crowd is loving it. For their second set of songs, it's gospel. Imani Joseph on a solo, finally back on the stage she's missed so much. And it wouldn't be a complete high school Christmas concert in New Orleans without a marching band. The Edna Carr marching band starts building towards the finale. With last-minute shout-outs squeezed in, and with the stage full, the car voices of pride walk in, 
And it's the voice of Jeremiah Martin that you can hear first. A lot of the audience came here to listen to the choir, but found themselves singing along. And I started wondering how great that must feel for Jeremiah, Imani, and the rest of the choir to finally see all of those hours, days, and months of practice play out like this. In a matter of months, some of them will be heading to college, to work, or wherever life takes them. But in this moment, it's Christmas time. And from my little corner on the west bank of the river, the season has never sounded better. In New Orleans, I'm Tan Trung for WWL Radio. A very special-